Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Big Red Dram. I'm your host, Jason Langerder. As always, thank you for tuning in, and, uh, you know, I uh, do appreciate it. Now, on Instagram, I'm getting close to 1,000. Uh, I'm very excited about that. I've actually moved up a little bit in the podcast uh, audience. I'm nearing 20. I'm losing my mind over here. Um, man, I really hope this COVID thing can just go away so that I can start meeting people. <laughs> I mean, I've met some fantastic people on Instagram, but I've also met some pretty cool people in my whiskey club and in, in the Chicagoland Whiskey Hunters that I'm a part of. And it'd be nice to get some of these people together, uh, you know, from maybe a large gathering in, uh, in downtown Wheaton or some local restaurants once everything clears, since they're shutting down indoor dining here soon here in Wheaton and um, some other things. Restaurants are going to be hurting again, and it's it's going to be up to us to do something to help them out. So um, things to, to look forward to in the future for sure. Uh, to help benefit uh, just the bars and the restaurants and the people that help us get into this whiskey, this whiskey habit that we have and uh, to keep placating us with different bottles for us to try. Um, they need our help and we need to help them. So uh, those are some things I'd like to do in the future, but um, neither here nor there at this point in time, will it? Um, boy, that just sounds so dismissive too. Not like that's my problem. So let's move on. But I don't know any other way to segue that better. <laughs> Um, but yes, we should definitely do something at some point in time. Um, it's just, you feel hamstrung with some of this stuff. I need some exclusive bottles to auction or something or to help someone auction. Um, will it anyways, I'm thinking out loud for some reason. Will it, I said, will it three times now? Will it is in Bardstown. And if you heard the Bardstown episode, you know, I talked a bit about it. Um, we visited the distillery there before we went to Heaven Hill and it was a gorgeous distillery. It was a great day. Um, a, little, a lot of um, changes happening there as well. Um, some of the... Actually, they were building rickhouses. They weren't tearing any down that I could see. Um, but there's some old rickhouses there, and then there were some newer ones that they're building, so expansion and trying to get into doing their own thing again. And, <clears throat> you know, in the Barson episode, I said I was disappointed, too, a little bit about the selection at the distillery and asked, you know, hey, do you guys have any of the bourbon bottles available? And they're like, oh, those are private bottles or those are private barrel picks only. And uh, I was like, really? Why? 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 Um, which is a shame because I'd love to get my my hands on and taste an actual family estate bottle bourbon. Is it is it light years from the Willet, the most polarizing bottle out there, the Willet Pastel Reserve, or is it on par with or just as good as? You know, I want to know these things. So this stuff I gotta, I'm gonna have to reach out and network and see if I can't get someone to send me some samples. But anyway, the Willet family um, is pretty unique in a sense that most of what I've tried um, has a distinct Willet profile. You will smell a Willet and you'll go, oh yeah, that's a Willet. <laughs> and you may sound like that if you've only had pot still <laughs> or Rowan's Creek. Um, it it's, could be one or the other because pe some people, well, if you want to see a divisive post on Facebook, not that there aren't any out there because I know Facebook is just all about love and happiness. Um, but if you're on Facebook and you're part of Bourbon Nation or any of those bourbons, groups that are got several tens of thousands of people in them search will it pot still and then you'll get someone posting a picture of hey check out this bottle is it any good because those seems to be the posts that people like to put um i don't know why if you bought it 
what do you care? Go try it, right? So um, so they'll post, you know, hey, is it any good? And then you're going to get pretty much, I can pretty much guarantee a near 50-50 split of people that like it, people that hate it. It may be 60-40 towards not liking it as much, but usually it's around around 50-50 because um, there are people that love it and there are people that just can't stand it. Now, I have been throughout my one bottle of Willet Pot Still that I bought, I, through the entire bottle, am a 50-50 guy. <laughs> there's been moments I liked it. There's been some moments I've loved it. And there's been a bunch of moments where I just could not stand it. The very first time I drank it, I couldn't finish it. Um, it came in second in our blind tasting in uh, Louisville when we were down in Kentucky March, which I still don't understand, <laughs> but it did. It beat out Michter's which I still don't understand, but it did. Um, we had a lot to drink that day, but it came in second, top three. Um, and then I tried it again by itself when we got home, and I was like, ah. And then um, I started mixing it with my old Forrester single barrel. It is a one-to-one for my old fashions, and I actually really liked it in that. Um, the the traditional Willet kind of spice, cinnamon, and weird fruit i can't it just have this it has this fruity note to it that's distinctly willet that um kind of got muddled well with the old forester green apple and it kind of made a really nice old-fashioned it had a nice pleasant spice to it um and it was really a nice mixer i would think that i would put the willet pot still as a nice mixer for an interesting old fashioned, if you want to mix things up, but by itself, I mean everybody's got to buy one because it's the genie bottle. And if you can get it at retail for forty five bucks, you're pushing the the level of going on a limb kind of a bottle. So if you're looking for an opinion, you know again everybody's prof again it's a fifty fifty split. Everybody's palate and profile of what they like is different. Um, but Willet Pot Still was, is the most polarizing one. Willet Family Estate Bottle Bourbons are the Purple Tops. Those are the ones people refer to as Purple Tops. They're similar to the Willet Straight Rise, but instead of the green uh, uh, top on it, it's purple. Um, they're usually a single barrel offering. Um, they are, uh, as far as I can tell, I'm pretty sure that's accurate, um, at least from what they were at the Willet Distillery. Uh and they're pretty hard to find. From what I gathered from the lady behind the counter when we were at the gift shop, they are usually store picks. Uh, liquor stores will pick them. Uh, clubs or groups will pick them, which made me stroke my beard and go, well, if I'm ever to get my hands on one of these, maybe that's the route I need to take. So I might t talk to some of my um, contacts and see if that's a possibility. But I'm not even sure if that's even possible. But... Um, the Willett Family Estate for your ride, which I, when it came out, when I first started this, all I was getting was the purple tops because maybe it was release season in the beginning of the year or maybe it's an end of season thing. I'm not even really sure. Um, so there was a lot of buzz going around the um, in, around, around the Instagrams <laughs> about the purple tops, about the bourbons, and then the ride came out. And for when they first hit... They went pretty quick, but then they started reappearing and they started out at like 70 bucks, 75, and then they kind of came down to earth and hit the $50, $53 range. Um, but the Willett Family Estate four-year rye, I really, really like. Um, 
now as I say that, I have my attention diverted to the bottle to see if it actually says that it's a four-year on here or if that's just called a four-year rye. Um, there is no age statement that I see on here, but that's neither here nor there. Um, it just says small batch rye. So maybe it's a small batch. What does that mean exactly? But anyway, so the Will Family State four-year rye is another offering. The Johnny Drum private stock has been hitting shelves lately. Um, I actually like that. I had that at 302 Wheaton um, along with the E.H. Taylor rye. And I really enjoyed the Johnny Drum. It was it was good. It was distinctive. I, as soon as I smelled it, I'm like, oh, that's a Willet. Um, there's a Johnny Drum black label out there that I have not seen. Um, old Bardstown bottled in bond. I have not. Yes, I've seen that. Have I seen that? I think Benny's has that. Um, old Bardstown estate bottled. Old Bardstown 90 proof. Now, the ones you will typically see is Noah's Mill and Rowan's Creek. Now, Noah's Mill is one of my favorites. It's actually pretty good. Comes in pretty hot. Um, but it is got a nice, well-balanced palate. I feel um, it's got a nice spice to it, along with a decent, with a a decent, well-rounded body to it, where it's not too willity. <laughs> which I don't know what that means. But if you had Will, you know things just kind of have that slight overpowering thing to it. Um, I don't know if it's just this weird earthy thing going on or if it's just a mix of the spice or whatever. But but in the Noah's Mills case, it's I think it's a very well-balanced tram. I really, really like it by itself. I also really, really like it mixed um, in an old-fashioned. It's just very, it's very scrumptious. And it's one of those... Um, actually the rye and the old Forester, um, was that, what was I mixing? I want to say it was the rye and the Noah's Mill. So it was the Willet rye and the Noah's Mill I was having with the smoked orange, uh, slice in the, um, old fashioned while I was in Michigan city, uh, it, which was just delicious. Um, and then Rowan's Creek, which is, I, I've had it and I'm not a fan. It's weak. It really is thin. Um, it has a distinctive smell of a Willet, but I just, I couldn't really get into it. It was difficult for me to drink, but they also have pure Kentucky and Kentucky vintage. So I've kind of knocked down everybody, but today's episode really isn't about all of them. It's just kind of giving you a broad stroke for 11 minutes now of what, uh, they currently have going on. Um, really cool bar too. I know I mentioned in Bardstown. Uh, so if you get a chance to go, you should definitely go. But what I'm going to talk about tonight is two Willet straight rye risky bottles, um, that I got. Uh, I purchased one bottle down in Effingham at, at uh, our good friend, Narav Patel's, uh, a one family liquors downtown in or down in Effingham. And then the other was a generous gift from my, uh, my auntie from our auntie cousin Jennifer um, and Uncle Craig, uh, they were very kind to give me a bottle for my birthday, and <clears throat> and they got this one from Benny's, and again the other one I got was from uh, Effingham. So the difference between the two is pretty subtle, um, as far as actual statistics go. The one that I have had open from Effingham for quite a while now is at 54.1% alcohol or 108.2 proof. And the one that they purchased for me for my birthday is at 54.7 and 109.4 proof. I'll be straight up with you. I'm not anticipating a huge difference with these. Uh, the first nose, um, when I, this is probably my third take of the intro, 
Um, so I had to kind of start over a couple of times. So it's, they've both been sitting in a glass kind of airing out for about 20 minutes now. Um, and just see, I don't know. Now the, the one that's been open for a while has a little bit of a more of a, has a slightly improved fruity, uh, nose to it. I mean, I was about to say palate. The nose is a bit sweeter. It doesn't have nearly the ethanol. It's a little bit more opened. Um, you can definitely get the cinnamon, <clears throat> sweet dried fruits, some plum, uh, just the Kentucky air. You can almost get a whiff of how will it smells when you're there. <laughs> it's really interesting. But it's fruity and delightful. That's the one from Effingham. That's the 108.2. Now the 109.4 is kind of the same. It's interesting. Hmm. I mean, it's not... All right. I had to pause. I had to regroup and reset. Why? So, Willet is weird in a sense that it can be a little... It can hijack your palate a little bit. Willet has, again, the rye especially has a kind of a distinct flavor profile, so it's has a way to kind of embed itself in your palate. Um, and you got to drink a little bit of water to kind of flush it out. So I had to go get some water. <laughs> um, and then also kind of blow my nose and try to regain my sense of smell here. So um, which is not to say that I've lost it. It's just it was kind of I wasn't really getting much out of the 109.4. So, yeah, so the 109.4 has a distinct Willet profile. Again, it's got the kind of the cinnamon, the berries, but the 108.2 is is just got, it's a little sweeter. And I think that's going to be because the 109.4 is a neck pour. I just opened it. The 108.2 I've had since July, August. That's a new month, July, August. Um, so it's had a little time to open up. Opening up, for those of you that don't know, opening up is kind of getting through that neck pour, getting probably, th call it, I don't know, anywhere from two to four ounces out of the neck. So you kind of get that initial fill out so that you're kind of into the base of the bottle to kind of oxidize it a little bit. It has a tendency to sweeten things up. Um, it, I've, I've known it from, from experience. My best example that I can give you is my Mortlock, the 18 that I had, which I hated when I got home from Scotland. And after like ignoring it for a year, um, I would, I or actually longer than that. I've ignored it a cup for quite a while, had a little bit, went back to ignoring it, had a little more, went back to ignoring it, tried to get some other people to drink it, went back to ignoring it and then revisited it for one of my podcast episodes. I'm like, holy crap, this is a cherry bomb. So, um, very upsetting, but it happens. And I didn't really know about, you know, oxidation and, and letting it open a little bit. Um, when you have over a hundred bottles now at this point, like I do, they're all kind of, uh, waiting to open up a bit, if you will. Cause I, I believe in quantity versus, I believe in a numbers game. Let me put it that way. Um, the more I have, the less I'll drink. That's how I look at it. Um, 
and I still have some bottles that I've got to, for Christmas that I have that are sitting there waiting for me to open. So they're not going to get to oxidize enough. But anyway, I keep rambling. Um, so all notes are similar, which I kind of figured. And actually, I took a sip while I had it paused of the uh, 109.4, which is the newer bottle, the gift. And it was um, distinctively Willet. It was actually very smooth. There's almost a, a baked berry pie um, in it, uh, when it hits the palate, you get, you get the berries, the cinnamon, some, some faint caramel notes, some faint vanilla, um, some light floral notes, but man, it's, it's pretty vibrant. It's, it's delicious. It's scrumptious. I like it cause it's unique. I like it cause it's not as pungent, which is really the best word I can come up with for how the pot still kind of attacks your palate a little bit. It's not as forceful. There's a better word. Um, the pot still is very forceful on your palate. It really tries to invoke its flavor profiles on you, whether you like it to or not. The the Willet Rye is a little more delicate uh, in the sense that it... it allows you to experience the flavors at your own pace versus trying to throw itself on your tongue. Um, it's a kind of a medium mouthfeel. It's not very oily. It's got a nice legs for days. And I'm comparing again, I'm, I'm describing the initially opened one. I'm a 108.2, which has been open for a while as I'm trying to rinse off my tongue a little bit. I expect to be a little bit more mellow and a little more open. Oh. And it is. The flavors are a little more pronounced on the 108.2, and I would pro I would chalk that up most likely to being about half full. Plenty of time to oxidize a little bit and sit and breathe, if you will, within the bottle as much as a corked bottle can breathe. Um but again, it's been sitting in a glass in a Glencairn now for about 25 minutes. Um, I think the finish is a little warmer. The Kentucky Hug is a little more embracing on the uh, 108.2. There isn't a real big drastic change between the two. I didn't think there would be, and my hypothesis, my hypothesis was correct. Um, it They're pretty similar in what they are. There's the 108.4. Two surprisingly brings a little bit more heat than the 109.4. But again, we're talking about 10... Wait. Good Lord. 12. 1.2%. 1 1.2 proof. <laughs> I just make it easier on myself. It's six tenths of a percent, but I had to try and add 108.2 to 109.4. Uh, math. I do math all day for work and I just can't when I'm done. Um, so six tenths of a percent isn't going to add a whole lot. Let's put it that way. Let's sum that up, shall we? Um, <laughs> it's not going to add a whole lot and it does it. It does it. Again, I think what I'm just comparing between these two, to be perfectly honest with you, is just one that's been open for a while and one that's just been freshly cracked. Um, and by that comparison, if we want to compare the two for just based on will a bottle that has been sitting for a little while longer taste better than a freshly opened one, I will say yes. 
Um, it will definitely have a slightly improved palette. Um, let's just call it improved palette. It will have an improved palette, an improved nose, and a, uh, a little bit of a longer finish. So it's is it night and day? No, I would call it an enhancement. I would say that it is familiar, but more open. <laughs> now let me do something I don't normally do, and I'm going to add a drop of water to both. Since they're higher proof, the single malt pundits will tell you to add some water to it to allow the flavors to open up a little bit more you'll hear open up quite a bit in your whiskey journeys ladies and gentlemen and uh it's legitimate things do open up when you do add water i don't add a lot of water to my high proof whiskeys i love higher proof whiskeys um anything 100 and over is going to get my attention um that don't discount those guys that are sitting around 80 either but i do like my higher proof whiskeys um, and all higher proof whiskeys are not necessarily cask strength. It was something I learned the other day, but I think a little water mellows out the 109.4 and a little water enhances the 108.2 and that those words are chosen carefully for a change. It's got a little bit more fruit than 108.2 does to it. It kind of dumbs down the cinnamon willity smell. Again, I'm going to have to write a definition for Willity and put it on uh, uh, my Instagram page. I need a website too, but that's coming down the road. Well, why don't we put two it calms it down a little bit. The water calms down that initial cinnamon blast and allows it to be more, you get a little more It's like almost a crust. Pie crust? Clove? Is that cloves? Hmm. It's almost like a pie crust kind of a background flavor taste that I get. Um, it's got that kind of oakiness to it. It's definitely woody with uh, some berries. I couldn't even classify which ones. Just if you mush a bunch of berries together, that's kind of what you get. Um, in, in cinnamon. Um, and it's pleasant. It's not earth-shattering. I mean, both of these are probably going to be an 84 or 85 for me. Um, the one that's been opened a little longer scores a little higher, but... Ugh. Sorry, I just totally inhaled a full nostril of ethanol let's try the 109.4 again the 109.4 definitely has a little more intensity going on after the water but it doesn't it still feel closed it still feels closed it feels like it has to it has to breathe a little bit and i wonder if will it just in general has to breathe a little bit um, but either way, they're very similar, obviously. Um, again, I was, I had no, I had no preconceived notion that one was going to be just completely different than the other. Uh, Color-wise, everything, they're all pretty much the same. The legs on the glass uh, are very slow, very methodical as far as just kind of taking their time coming down the side. 
um, legs for days, as they say. Delicious. I mean, will it? If you're into rye whiskeys, because ryes kind of have a little bit more of a spicier profile than um, a bourbon will, uh, obviously because of higher rye content, right? So. <clears throat> It's definitely something that I would have on the shelf because it's a focal piece. It's uh, a good offering from Willet. Um, again, based on the few that I've had, um, Noah's Mills probably my favorite um, of all of them that I've had thus far, and I've only had the four. Um, but you can't go wrong with the rye. And it's also very good if you mix it in old fashioned. It's delicious in an old fashioned. Add a little... Um, I know I've had an old-fashioned episode. I pretty much do all of my old fashions the same way. I like to... Jeez, I'm getting the burps. <laughs> Just all of a sudden. Excuse me. Um, I I tend to try to kind of mix and match an ounce of something with an ounce of another. Is it, it can be rye, uh, two rye together, or rye and a bourbon, two bourbons together. I kind of mix it up. Um, but I'm pretty sure I was doing Noah's Mill with his rye, and that's kind of why my Effingham bottle has been hit pretty hard, because I was using that one, using those two together. And I, I like it. I do. Um, will I run out and buy more someday? I, you know, I don't know. I'm still I'm still going on this journey, right? So there's other whiskeys that I want to talk about uh, or try, and I have to finish some to make room, because I have no more room. Um and there's others I want to get into. And as I'm starting to do more barrel picks, I'm going to focus on things like that too and yada, yada, yada. So there will probably always be a will at rye on my, on my shelf. But the rate I go through them, they'll prob- it's probably going to be forever before this next one goes that I just opened. Because um, it's taken me August, September, October, November, so well, three months or so to get through a half a bottle. So that it'll and it's gonna sit a while so until this episode's over so final thoughts again i scored them both in 85 84 85 somewhere in the middle um they're not outstanding they're really good they're actually they're very good um they're worth having if you can find one the the price point now is getting into that uh high 40s low 50s if you can find it for that price point, it's nice to have one on the shelf. Um, it's an easy sipper. If you like the Willet pr- flavor profile, if you hate the Willet flavor profile, and you've had like the Noah's Mill, the Rowan's Creek, the Pot Still, and the um, was it the Johnny Drum, you if you've had those, and you're not a fan, then don't even bother. I'll be honest with you, because you're not going to love... Because they all have that, again, that same kind of... I can't I can't describe the Willet smell. It is... It's like a cinnamon... It's like a cinnamon berry... Oak mix. Almost like a potpourri. Does that make sense? almost like a potpourri it's not a hol- like almost like a holiday potpourri this is probably dynamite around christmas time when you've got a ton of cinnamon in the air <laughs> you're you're floating the holiday the holiday cinnamon candles from you know the uh yankee candles going uh this might do justice with that kind of a setup maybe this is a christmas bourbon uh rye um but yeah 
I like it. I mean, I do. So anyway, whatever. So there is the Will It Rye. 28 minutes of me rambling on about trying to t decide whether or not I love this stuff. Uh, <laughs> I'm not redoing the episode, so we're going to deal with it. <laughs> um, so there you go. Uh, it's good stuff. I mean, I think they're all... Now that I'm thinking back, looking at some of the proofs for a lot of these rides, I think they're all hovering around that 108, 110 range. So they're all going to be pretty close. So uh, you can't go wrong. Um, give it a shot if, you, if you're looking for a rye to kind of separate itself and be a little different than what you're used to. Um, like the only ones I have currently that I could tell you, it, it, it pulls away from Rittenhouse a little bit. In the, it's, it's very much different than a Rittenhouse rye. It's different than the um, New Riff rye. It's different than a um, Michter's rye. So the few ryes that I've had, Wild Horse rye that I've got, Sazerac rye, it's, got, it's a different... It's a, it's a kind of its own thing. So give it a shot. You might actually like it mixed, um, especially in an old-fashioned. Um, give it a shot. See what you think. Um, and if you don't want to buy it, go find a place that's got it or try it. Or hit me up. Maybe I'll send you a sample. Um, or we'll do a tasting uh, at some point, and uh, you guys can try it. But uh, it's it's good. It's definitely, it's definitely good stuff. So... So there you go. So thank you as always for listening. I will stop rambling uh, and trying to find other things to say about it. And uh, <laughs> I hope you uh, have a fantastic weekend and go out there and enjoy whiskey one dram at a time. <laughs>